Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It is good to be with you for day 62 as we are jumping over to the Psalms today. And we're going to be looking at Psalms 10 through 12. Got our cup of coffee going to remind us who God is. And the Psalms will call us to that same heart focus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your Psalms that direct our hearts toward you in all circumstances of life. We pray that you'd speak to us through your word today and and move our hearts to be more uh, drawn toward you, that we might have hearts that are after your own heart. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Psalms 10 through 12. We'll do these one at a time, which is normally what we do for the psalm. Psalm 10. Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor. Let them be caught in the schemes that they have devised. For the wicked boasts of the desire of his soul. And the one greedy for gain curses and renounces the Lord. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. His ways prosper at all times. Your judgments are on high, out of his sight. As for all his foes, he puffs at them. He says in his heart, I shall not be moved. Throughout all generations, I shall not meet adversity. His mouth is filled with cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue is our mischief and iniquity. He sits in ambush in the villages. In hiding places, he murders the innocent. His eyes stealthily watch for the helpless. He lurks in ambush like a lion in his thicket. He lurks that he may seize the poor. He seizes the poor when he draws them into his net. The helpless are crushed, sink down, and fall by his might. He says in his heart, God has forgotten. He has hidden his face. He will never see it. Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up your hand. Forget not the afflicted. Why does the wicked renounce God and say in his heart, you will not call to account, but you do see, for you note mischief and vexation that you may take it into your hands. To you the helpless commits himself You have been the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and evildoer. Call his wickedness to account till you find none. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations perish from his land. O Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, so that man who is of the earth may strike terror no more. Wow. Psalm 10, powerful realism in the Bible. It always boggles my mind when people say that the Bible is 
unrealistic and it's all about pie in the sky and the by and by and we have real issues to deal with in the real life and that it's just overly idealistic you know religion it's an opiate of the masses and it keeps you from dealing with reality no 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 there's nothing more realistic than the bible there's nothing that better equips us for dealing with the hard-edged reality of life in a fallen world than the bible and here we're dealing with i mean if I sat down to write a prayer to God about what is currently happening in Ukraine, the Russian army coming in and, and bombing and sending missiles against villages of, of innocent and helpless poor people, couldn't be any better than Psalm 10. It's, it's perfect, right? It's a perfect prayer to God for a time when weaker, smaller, poorer, more helpless people are being oppressed, afflicted, crushed by stronger, aggressive, evil men. It's exactly what Psalm 10 is about. That's exactly the world we live in today, right now. And so often throughout human history, this has always been, see, this is 3,000 years old, and it was true 3,000 years ago, and it's true today, and it'll be true until the Lord Jesus comes again. And so the prayer here in verse 12, arise, O Lord, O God, lift up your hand. Ultimately, that verse, that prayer, which is the plea of how we ask God to respond to a world of wickedness, that will be answered when Jesus comes again. Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up your hand. That will be Jesus parting the skies and coming through, seen as far as the east is from the west. That's when that will be ultimately answered. When we pray in the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the kind of thing that we're praying for. We live in a world where God's will, we live in a world where God's will as it should be, the ideal will of God, is not done. Yes, God is still sovereign. He's still in control. He still orders all things for the good of his people and for the glory of his name, but it's still a fallen and broken and alienated and rebellious and sin-scarred and God-cursed world. And so we cry out to God. And what we cry out to God for is justice. It is appropriate to recognize that in this world, the rich, the powerful, the wicked, oppress the poor. And it's not just happening overseas. I have a friend of mine who is very strongly involved in the pro-life movement, and he used verses from Psalm 10 as a signature line on his uh, emails to remind us of the reality of abortion, where the helpless are crushed, and they sink down and they fall by the might of those who have power. Those who are in power have decided that the most powerless, the most helpless among us should have no rights, no protection, but they can literally be crushed because of the will of those who are stronger than they are. But the Lord is king forever and ever is how Psalm 10 ends. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations will perish from his land. In the end, there will just be King Jesus and the people of God with no more sin and no more oppression. God hears the desire of the afflicted. He will strengthen their heart. He gives help now. He gives relief now. But he gives ultimate help when Jesus comes again. All right, let's do Psalm 11. 
Psalm 11, to the choir master of David. In the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee like a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They have fitted their arrow to the string to shoot in the dark at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see. His eyelids test the children of man. The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. Let him rain coals on the wicked. Fire and sulfur and a scorching wind shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright... The upright shall behold his face. The upright, those who are justified, those who are made right in the eyes of God, the upright shall behold his face. That's our hope. Theologians call that the beatific vision. It is the great hope of every believer. So Psalm 11 really picks up on the themes of Psalm 10. And in a world where Psalm 10 is true, it is very easy for people to press in on believers and say, what are you going to do? Why don't you just run away like a bird to your mountain? I mean, the wicked are bending the bow. They fitted their arrow to the string. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Notice these are all in quotes. These are what the enemies of God's people say to our soul. This is what Satan and his minions say to our soul. The world is out of control. The world is spinning in chaos. What can the righteous do? The righteous respond, verses 4 to 7, the righteous respond, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see, his eyelids test the children of man. So God is reigning. He's not disturbed. God's not up in heaven saying, what am I going to do with this? No, he is, he is in his holy temple. His throne is in heaven. He sees, he tests and he makes this promise. The day is coming when all the wicked who rebel against God, all of those who hate God, all of those who reject God, all of those who run and hide from God, they will be given a cup to drink of fire and sulfur and a scorching wind. They will be judged. But the righteous, those who trust in God, those who are made righteous, not because of our own righteousness, but because of the righteousness of Jesus, those who are made righteous by the grace of God, we will behold his face. Amen. Psalm 12. Save, O Lord, for the godly one is gone, for the faithful have vanished from among the children of man. Everyone lies to his neighbor with flattering lips and a double heart they speak. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips, the tongue that makes great boasts, those who say, with our tongue we will prevail, our lips are with us, who is master over us? Because the poor are plundered, because the needy groan, I will now arise, says the Lord. I will place him in the safety for which he longs. The words of the Lord are pure words like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. O oh Lord, you will keep them. You will guard us from this generation forever. On every side, 
the wicked prowl as vileness is exalted among the children of man. This is a, a fitting conclusion to our trio. Remember in Psalm 10, it was the prayer, Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up your head. And now the response comes from God, I will now arise. I will place the poor plundered, the groaning needy. I will place them in the safety for which he longs. Can we, can we believe God when he says this? I mean, we might hear that and say, really, God, are you going to do that? Because this psalm was written by David 3,000 years ago, and here we are still living in a world where there's a lot of poor being plundered, and there's a lot of needy groaning. Are you going to do this, Lord? We're given this assurance in verse 6 that the words of the Lord are like pure words, like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. Normal silver ref refined once gets pretty pure, twice gets even more pure. Third time, that's about as pure as you can get it. Three times refined silver, that's 99.99% pure. That's as good as anybody can make it. God says, that's not good enough for my word. My word is so pure. It's as if he refined that silver seven times. There's not an ounce of impurity in my word. There's not a trace, not a speck, not a dot, not a drop, not a, not a little bit, not an atom of impurity in my word. You, Lord, will keep them. He'll keep his words. He'll keep his people. You will guard us from this generation forever. This is our hope. What a, what a great set of psalms for troubled times. 10, 11, and 12. Read them, pray them, believe them, trust God in them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus, our Savior, who is the fulfillment of your word, the word made flesh. He is pure, no impurity in him at all. He keeps your people he is the captain of our salvation. He is the author of finisher of our faith. He is the once and coming king. We long for his appearing and we rejoice in him in hope today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me for Psalms 10 through 12. We're going to be back tomorrow. We're going to jump ahead to Proverbs chapter 3 for day 63 as we continue walking with Jesus through the word one chapter at a time. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.